It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Yes, this is Giddy Up on this Monday, January 8th. Good morning to you listening on your local SEN Track dial right across the country. And a big hello to you wherever you may be listening on the SEN app. We are live from Melbourne this morning. We've got Dean Watling in Sydney. And our great mate, Mitchie Lewis, in South Australia somewhere. I think he's in Mount Gambier this morning. So it's a big show coming your way to kick off Giddy Up for 2024. Joshy Jenkins, in fact, did a wonderful job in the early part of the year filling in for me um, over the new year and Christmas period. But looking forward to this morning's show, we'll concentrate on looking back at the weekend's racing, Geelong, Randwick, and especially on the Gold Coast. So Chris Nelson will join me a little later on as we... Get set for a big day of racing there in Queensland on Saturday. From tomorrow, I'll be live on the Gold Coast. So really looking forward to that for the sales and also the big barrier draw on the beachfront there at the Surface Paradise location. So really looking forward to that. So we'll kick off with the Monday breakdown this morning. Then we'll have, of course, a look at today's racing with Bag of Tips. Hopefully we can find you a few winners across the three codes. Butch Castles will join us. Thanks for Love Racing NZ to go through a big weekend of racing in New Zealand. It's going to be a massive month there as well. So looking forward to that. And then we'll catch up with Henry Field and Calvin McAvoy at the back end of the show. Um, we'll have the Monday means test on Wednesday. Johnny O'Neill and Wayne Hawks will be on the Gold Coast with me. So we'll do the means test on Wednesday this week. But it's five minutes past eight. Of course, Giddy Up brought to you by Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Love your feedback. What's been your highlight over the last couple of weeks? 0499 736 736. There's plenty to have a chat about as well. So let's get stuck into our Monday breakdown. It's now time for the Monday breakdown with Mick Gannon, Dean Watling and Mitch Lewis. Mickey Gannon's taking a day off and let's welcome in the team. I tell you what, boys, after that start to the show to kick off 2024, I might need another break. I don't know what's got wrong. I don't know what's going on with me this morning. My voice, I'm losing my voice. I haven't spoken for a couple of weeks. Hello to you, Dino. Yeah, good morning, G-Man, Mitchie Lewis, and a, a big good morning to all the listeners out there. Massive 2024 coming up. Hopefully everyone had a, a nice Christy break and a good new year. And Gareth, you might just need the run. Some horses, you know, they improve yeah. through their preparation. <laughs> Some go good fresh. Yes. Vicky Gannon takes about 10 runs to get fit, but yes. all a little bit different. Hello to you, Mitchie Lewis. They tell me you're with Moles Fitzner across the weekend. 
Good morning, boys. Uh, yeah, no, I caught up with Milo down there in Robe for a little bit at the uh, Robe Hotel. That was a couple of bets, and that was pretty good. But no, it's good to have you boys back. Uh, we did our best to hold down the fort while you were having a well-deserved break, but particularly Gano and JJ, they were they were on fire, those boys. Yeah, it was great to um, JJ. I think he loved the he loved the last couple of weeks. In fact, it was hard to get him out of his seat this morning. But what under <laughs> JJ, Mickey Gannon, I think he's done. He's been on radio a lot over the last couple of weeks, so I think he's having a well-deserved break. But there was plenty happening across the the festive season and some racing at Geelong, the Gold Coast and Randwick on the weekend. We'll start off with Geelong because I thought I was at Geelong there on Saturday, well done to the race club. There was a big crowd there. I think it works. I think it's a great time of the year to have that race meeting there. I don't know about having Werribee just down the road on the same day, but apart from that, they would have been more than 5,000, around 5,000 people there, and everybody looked like they were having fun. The only the only negative for mine was just how that track played there, Dino, which was a little bit frustrating. But apart from that, I think that that's a winner. And if they can get their track right, um, I think this would be a, this will be a successful meeting at this time of the year. Yeah, I love this uh, innovation. I think this is what we need in this off-season. I think um, it creates a, a new angle to our racing. I think the crowd that we saw, the, the videos and photos that I saw on social media were terrific. And I know you can probably vouch for that a little bit more. I know they had a couple of things on for the kids and um, there was a, a lot posted on the social. So they did a terrific job. Like you mentioned, the track was a little bit forward of midfield, uh, which the tracks have been playing like that. But like you said, on those days where they're, put up in lights you want yeah. the track to be very fair so i agree probably the only um negative out of the day but well, we can always work on that can't we and i think with geelong we sort of knew what was going to was going to happen in a way mitch it was a hot day there it was a good track and when the rail's been true the last couple of meetings there at geelong it's just been red hot there was a meeting there where if you led you would have won um yeah um, I, I'm not fully subscribed to it being a dead set flat out leaders. I think if you go through and have a look at some of the tempos, like yep. a lot of these horses were leading off slow t- to even tempo. So they're getting their chance to control the race up front. Um, like we talked about, I think a few weeks ago at Caulfield where they get to the front and they drop anchor and run away. So it can be a little bit flattering, but you are right. Um, the last, when it's been dry at Geelong, um, it's been quick. So once you get to a good three by race three, um, it's always going to play in that favour. But if you've got like horses like Lafrugue and Varvia were able to make up ground when others couldn't earlier in the day. So I'm, I'm not ready to completely pop the track. Yeah. And you know what? You, you make a really good point there. Some of the best horses, like Varvia was clearly the best horse of that race, was given a peach of a ride by Dean Lane and she showed her class in the end. So sometimes when you look at those those results and um, we can get carried away with a little bit with the track bias and I'm, I just, like, I, I was disappointed the way that Geelong played the last couple of times when it was true, but I might have been a little bit, um, a little bit harsh on it just then with, yeah, you make a couple it of good comes down to It comes down to education too. I think that's the biggest thing. If we yeah. can educate the punters out there prior to the, the meeting, that uh, the shape of the track and how it generally plays. And like you said, the dry tracks over this summer months, they've been typically playing on speed. If you want the on-speed horses to drop out normally in a disadvantage on the inside. So I think education is a massive thing as punters will learn from that. When we get to this meeting next year, which hopefully goes ahead, we'll all have in our back of our mind that the way the track played. Let's have a look at some of the races there at Geelong on uh, Saturday afternoon. And we might start off with uh, the Geelong diamond. If you, if you won this race, there was a free ticket into the blue diamond and uh, 
It was the Corstens team. In fact, it was um, Philip Stokes' team that tasted success for Bennett Racing. And zeroing in now on the leader. Stay focused, goes to trunk. They've got two and a half lengths on Vixenet, Mark Dell. But down to the final hundred. And stay focused, takes the lead. And Daniel Stackhouse is going to ride the first two. Stay focused, ran away by two lengths on trunk. Mark Dell third. And then Alabama Girl in behind those. Vixenet, Vacillation and Starnado to Clichy Boulevard. And um, Cosmic Force, Stay Focus had an inside gate. Philip Stokes prepared and... He was impressive there for Bennett Racing. There was a big crowd there or a big group of Bennett Racing um, owners on track. They had a function, I think, upstairs. So there was a big roar when this colt hit the front and uh, Mitchie Lewis, away he went. And he was far too good for his opposition there on the weekend. Yeah, and I think he's probably got improvement to come as well. I was When I watched the replay, you can sort of see in the early stages, he, he took a little while to settle down too. So he's probably over raced there for a little period before they managed to calm him down and he had plenty left in the tank left. So yeah, he's definitely one to um, follow for mine. Cause I think there's going to be some improvement there and the market sort of gravitated to him. So there's obviously something about him. I don't know what else you saw in the race, Dino. Yeah. Well, his jump outs are really good leading into it. I love the, the jump outs and the trials are trunk up here in uh, New South Wales. And he had two trials up here, and they'll both be on straight charge. So you can draw a line. I don't think Trunk's quite up to straight charge level, but if you can draw a line through that, I think the winner stay focus was outstanding. Two lengths back to second, then a big gap back to third. I think that's all you can do on race day. Um, I think the biggest thing out of it, he's still, obviously, it's his debut. He's a two-year-old, got a lot to learn. I'd love to see him when he progresses just to flatten out. He still sort of wanted to be up and about with his head a little bit, but once he flattens down really tucks that line. I think he might be a nice two-year-old we can really follow. And I think the two-year-old ranks this far out, Garrett, a little bit lackluster yet, so he will yep. fill the void um, really well. All right, then the Coastal Classic was the feature over the 1,700 metres, and you'd love to own this horse, Holy Mans, who was off a bit of a freshen up, her first run in six weeks, and Kiramar and David uses well, they did it again with a horse like this. And from a long way back is Junipel. Holy man's found the front, 150 to go from Independent Road. Bermudez running a race, going to second, but Holy man's has got a march on him. Holy man's going strongly to the line. Holy man's won the Coastal Classic three quarters. It's like second, getting beat. Michael Bermudez. D gave him a beautiful ride. It was a bit like what happened there at Flemington on Oaks Day when he sat 1-1 one, one and he always looked like he was going to be the winner. He was heavily supported. And he defeats Bermudez. Don't doubt Dory at a price was an eye catcher from the back of the field. Dino, how did you assess the Coastal Classic? Yeah, well, if uh, all your horses travel into the races like that on the top of the straight, you will nearly walk into your bookie. He travelled in it sweetly. They set up a, a pretty good tempo here, around nine lengths faster than average to the six. And he's just been the superior horse in the race. And I think you make a really good point. Very similar to his win at Flemington, the way he travelled into it. So, Marin Eustace, grand final, anything over 1,600 metres, Mitchie. Uh, they're just a stable that you have to watch. And when the money's on, and more often than not, uh, their horses get the job done. Yeah, I know. I thought as well, Dan, what you mentioned, the ride was pretty key in it as well. Because I think early in the race, he found himself sitting about third, but he'd identified that it was a pretty hot tempo with Keats and Independent Road were going pretty quick. So, he's just pulled it back a little bit there in the middle stages and gave himself some horse left late. And um, yeah, odd. At the top of the straight, you didn't think much was going to catch him. Don't doubt Dory. That was interesting. I think she did sneak under the radar a little bit. It was a dropping grade for her. So um, maybe one to follow in a lower level race again at an each way price.
And then we had the Black Pearl Stakes after that. The Cadolphin Mare, Vavia, looked like she was going to be one of the better bets on the program. And D-Lane showed his class once again with the D-Lane Peach. But Varvia's quickly making pace and Varvia goes to them. Varvia kicked in, lane sent it clear, many lengths clear in the run to the post from Danny St. Darcy and Varvia did it easily. Varvia by two lengths. Second, Danny St. Darcy. Her, as I said, a beautiful ride by D Lane. He settled her just off the fence midfield and he he got through beautifully there, Mitchie Lewis, and she was another one of the well back commodities that never really looked like getting beat there. No, halfway around the straight, she just looked like she was the class runner completely, yeah. didn't she? She she just looked like if she got a clear run, she was going to run past them. So, yeah, I just thought she was super there. I didn't have too much to add, Dino. No, I think on paper, you probably look at $2.10 post-race, and it's a gift looking at it visually. Um, I think it was a terrific ride, like you mentioned, Gareth. And I think what we need to note with Avia coming out of that win is just how much she grows a leg when she goes the Melbourne way of going. I think she's a, a nice Sydney horse, um, but when she gets down to Melbourne, I think that's what the team have identified. She loves getting on that other leg and the Melbourne way of going. So I think uh, moving forward, she'll stick down there and she can knock up a couple of races leading towards the Autumn Carnival, Gareth. Cameron Luke had a wonderful day on the tip there on Saturday. He, he had five from five with his best bets and he was all over a horse called Cabanados, who is trained by Lindsay Park. It's a three-year-old, a former Kiwi that made it two from two. On the weekend, um, in uh, the Rupert Lee colours, and he was impressive defeating Spicy Margs and Saw Beyond. Dino, I don't know what you made of this Kiwi making its debut for Lindsay Park, but geez, he was impressive just the way that he did it. Yeah, one of the wins of the day. Obviously, visually, it was really impressive. He looks like a, a really well built, uh, well built gelding. Sorry, in his action, his stride, everything like that, gravitates you towards him. And then you look at the the sectionals and the overall time out of it. We've gone a little bit slower in this race to the six, but the late sectional strength of Carbonados was very, very impressive. I'll be interested to see maybe if they send this horse to Hong Kong, three-year-old gelding, trained by the, the Hayes boys, but um, I'd love to see him stay here because I think he's probably one of the horses, Mitchie, to follow out of the meeting. Yeah, so do I. And I found it really interesting. I didn't have a bet in the race, but for these overseas horses, you know, usually he's opened up shorter and he's had a pretty savage drift on him. It's, you get a little bit concerned sometimes because you think with these overseas horses, the market really gravitates to them if they've got something around. And his trials were good, but then with the drift, it was a little bit alarming. But yeah. I, I don't know what the drift was because it looked like he should have been firming in, if anything. Well, the drift was because I think the punters thought that he might be off the fence and the horses that they thought might be leader leaders back or definitely in the firing line on the fence, which repeats worry that had good support and also get along. Yeah, um, that's a good point. Yeah, all, all over it, G. Yeah. yeah, but Smicy Margs led and gave a good kick, Smicy Margs. But Cabanano sat outside of the speed for Luke Curry. And it, just the way that he did it, he was impressive. Mm. Cam Luke reckons if they've got to mark it out for the Australian Guineas, just get on. And he's like, Cab doesn't say he's a form expert. He's very good at what he does. But he's got a wonderful record of fighting. He loves horses, the futures. Yeah, he does. in a futures market. So I thought Cabanados was impressive. Ray McNero just does, does what he does, and that's win. And um, he was given a nice ride by Jai McNeil, but he just continues to get the, the job done, this time in a benchmark 84, uh, Mitchie Lewis. I wonder what his ceiling is. Yeah, I think because um, he's had a little freshen up coming into this. Yeah. So I suppose I I saw and I'd forgotten, Gareth, there's a, there's a target race at Flemington coming up that they're going to next. So. Okay. 
I think he'll just continue to progress through and maybe tackle a listed race this prep and then have a crack at the spring maybe. And he was dominant down the straight there during the carnival. So we all know that he can handle the straight. And Lindsay Smith, I think he had a pretty quiet spring, Lindsay Smith, to his lofty standards anyway. But he's made a a comeback in a way during the summer months. He had a big day yesterday at Warnerball and Yellow Sam didn't have any favours in the run at all there, Dino, on Saturday. But Fred Kersley did a really good job with him and one under Chris Wells and the team. Yellow Sam, too good for Frenchman's Bay. Yeah, well, Frenchman's Bay uh, went down the straight like a lot of punters probably left along. Very wayward. But um, Yellow Sam, what I loved was the further they went, the stronger he got. And I think at the top of the straight, you're a little bit worried. But then the last 200 metres, he did it easily. So um, the the key point as a as a punter to take out of that win, Mitchy is Lindsay Smith's second half. His horses progress throughout the preparation. They get stronger and stronger, fitter and fitter. So I think Yellow Sam probably has more upside to come. He was only second up there and obviously won, but with that stable, and you know that too, Gareth, that Lindsay Smith, he just gives them fitness throughout their preparation. So that's the note that I took out of the last with Yellow Sam. Yes, yeah, he's only, yeah. oops, sorry, Gareth. Go, mate. I was going to say, he's only relatively lightly raced as well. So, um, I'd say third and fourth up, you know, he's probably the same sort of thing as Raymond Giro. He can progress through his grades now, sort of looks that type. Yeah. What about horses to follow from that meeting, Let's. Yeah, I'll kick us off. I think the two-year-old's the one that I want to follow. Stay focused. Like I mentioned off the top, we'll touch on the, the two-year-old Magic Millions up there in the Gold Coast. But I think the two-year-old ranks thus far out are, are pretty weak at the moment. So I think Stay Focused uh, has a, an abundance of upside and is the one to follow. And the other one for me, Mitchie, was um, the one we just spoke about, um, Carbonados. I think that visually, sectionally, everything about that horse just screams that he's a, a nice horse in the making. Uh, I agree with Carbonados. I also think Spicy Margs out of that race is one to follow. If you go through her record, she's only lightly raced and she's sort of had um, a lot of hard races to date. So if she comes back through the benchmarks, uh, there's a race for her. And I think Rich Fortune on a different setup is probably a horse that can win third up. 0499736736. I'll pose this question to you, lads. If you had a choice for one rider right at the moment... Would it be J-Mac, D-Lane, or B-Shin, or Edmund Willer? Would they be the four informed jockeys at the moment across the festive period? I know J-Mac hasn't been riding here, but he had a pretty good time of it over there in Hong Kong. Yeah, I'd probably agree. I think Nash has been absolutely phenomenal in his off-season. J-Mac, obviously, been overseas. Blake Shin's probably been the, the informed one out of all of them, in my opinion. But I think it's hard to go past Nash at the moment. I'm probably a little bit Sydney biased, yeah. but he's been phenomenal and you can always trust him. I think D-Lane would be my pick. Um, D-Lane or J-Mac, I reckon, at the moment. 0499736736. Let us know what, what jockey you would go to at the moment um, as we head towards a big weekend there on the Gold Coast, especially for Magic Millions. We'll take a quick break. On the other side of it, we'll take a look at Ramwick. There was an exciting Godolphin galloper that we've been talking about for quite some time that was impressive once again. Plus, we'll have a look at some of those features there on the Gold Coast. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall.
but Shaken has dashed away, holding down second, the inside squad by the looks of it from Sprong, Spring Lee there, but it's Shaken rocking the Richter scale in the last, Shaken led all the way, beat squad Spring Lee, a Peter Ballerina got up for fourth, then came all the bent Miss Emma, impactful miss, and Unravel dropped out to finish last. Shaken was impressive for Cadolphin, James Cummings, and Dyla Schiller was in the saddle there. Um, Dino, we've been talking about this filly for quite some time. In fact, she bled when we're all over her last preparation. And she's come back in fine form with two wins on the trot now. What did you make of her performance? Yeah, it was outstanding. I think the market late told the story. She was heavily back. She sort of sat around that 220, 205 mark for a while. And in that last sort of 10 minutes, she was backed in to a dollar ninety-five, a dollar eighty-five. But I think the biggest thing about the win and the track paid phenomenal. But she's got that lovely tactical speed. She puts herself on pace. She drew wide there, but she was able to find the front um, with pretty um, with a lot of ease, to be honest. I think she's got a lot of upside to come. I think she's a, a black type filly and mare in the making, and I think she's one of the, the horses to follow out of the meet. I think she can knock off a couple of other wins over this sort of summer period. Yeah, what do you think her best trip is? Do you think, like, did she get tired at the end of the 1,100 metres there on, on Saturday? Do you think 1,200 will definitely see her out? Yeah, it's a good point. It's something that I was trying to think of this morning and sort of summarise. And I think visually it looked like she maybe got a touch tired, but I think she had to work a touch early. So I think that 1,100 metres probably sees her out. I think she'd get 1,200 metres in time, but yeah. I think she'd need a good gate, a nice setup. I think a Ramwick 1,200 metres would suit her fine or even a Rose Hill. But when you get that testing 1,200 metres, I think um, she might see her out. I think 1,100 metres is her pet trip. All right, then what did you make of her performance there, Mitchie, on Saturday? Yeah, I just thought she did it reasonably casually, didn't she? And the fact that she's done it against like some four-year-old geldings and some of the, you know, old, the slightly older boys, I think she looks a type that if you send her down to Phillies and Mares grade in that listed level, that, yeah, she'd yep. be very, very competitive. I sort of thought it was got a good, impressive upside to come for sure. Yeah, beautifully bred, of course, out of Earthquake. It was a star galloper for Cadolphin. Running by just continues to show class, Um he or she, I should say, this daughter of a pending. I thought it was a good ride by Collett. He took the race by the scruff of the neck in a way, and he was caught wide, so he put the foot down, went to the front, dictated terms, and she never really looked like getting beat from there on there, Dino. Now, phenomenal ride. I think it's one of the rides of the day, and it's probably – we don't give these front-running rides enough credit, but um, I think this just, just shows how good this track is playing around. We played phenomenal. If there was good tempo, you could run on, but if you racked them and you stacked them – um, I think you could lead all the way, which we saw with Shaken, we saw with running by. But you think this horse probably did a little bit of work early, but then you look at the sectionals, he's just controlled it in that mid-race beautifully, gone around 2.6 lengths, slower than the average of the six. And then those back markers come into the race and then she's just got this lovely turn of foot. She just kicked off that speed and showed a superior turn of foot late. So I think that just shows a jockey knowing their horse and knowing their horse's strength. So great ride there by Jason Pollock. I want to get your thoughts here, Dino, and I know that you don't like being controversial or anything like that, but we had a bit of a debate on Saturday. I went head-to-head in a way with the captain tags regarding the situation in race number seven. seven. Yep, the staying race or the seven furlong race. Exolatus won for Joe Pride and Semi Clipperton, but there was a horse out the back and Cool Jakey that was the stablemate to the winner that was beaten 12.43 lengths. And Felix Majestic, Molly Burke aboard, who went out of this world, was beaten just under a length and a half, who finished second. Now, 
what did the data tell you how quick these two horses went out went up front there, Dino? The data says they went around 14 lengths faster than the average to the 600-meter mark. So yep. suicidal tempo. Um, so how big did the work. second horse go? The second horse went really, really well. And I think we got to play into account. That's what we spoke about just before we were running by. And understanding what your horse is. We saw um, prior to Jenny in the spring, um, she's a horse that can set that brutal tempo and hang on. And we saw Felix Majestic do it in its last start. So it's a horse who can go out in front, set a strong tempo, get into a rhythm and hang on. I don't think Cool Jake is that horse at all. Um, and we saw him come off the broad a long way out. I think Tyler should have taken the sit um, and let that speed go. And I know reviewing the meeting, I'm sure he'd have the same opinion on that. But, yep, suicidal tempo. And I think reading the stewards report, there is an inquiry into those two rides on those two front-running horses. I think that's going to be adjourned till this week sometime. So the stewards are onto it. And, I think as you're a punter, if you're on cool jakey, I think you're a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I think sometimes when you, like, I understand that the, the stewards have to call both jockeys in to get an explanation, but I think it's, I think Molly Burke, she rode that horse the way that it should be ridden. Felix yep. Majestic. I agree. And if you do the form and watch the yeah. replay, it was it's carbon copy of last start. And if she sits off cool jakey and lets Tyler dictate terms, she hasn't got a turn of foot to go with that horse. So she has to ride that horse like it takes the sting out of its opposition. That's the way that that horse races best. So um, Molly Burke probably overdid it just a little bit, but she nearly won the race. And um, Exolators had to come from a long way back. It was a good effort to get over the top of them. So, and Cool Jakey, I think the problem for Tyler is he was beaten a long, long way out. So there's argument to say, did he give his horse the best possible chance to finish in the best possible spot. And I think there's an argument to say no. Yeah, I think I agree. I think, um, obviously, um, Felix Majestic, uh, we've seen in the past the horse can sustain a gallop. Cool Jakey, he's never seen anything like that. He mm. was in shock come the 400 metre mark. He dropped out to run last. So um, I think probably Tyler's thinking is he's like, uh, thinking in his mind, I don't want Felix to get away with a, a lead out in front and kick. I'm going to stick with him. But then the tempo was just way yeah. too brutal oh. up front and he's dropped out. So... Um, and I think yeah. in that situation, if, if you want to ride your horse like that and go that fast, um, if you get beaten a long way, then you're in a little bit of trouble, I think, because then you've got to explain why you, why you did that. If you can stick on like Felix Majestic, then you can say, well, your horse was up to the challenge. Um, I'd like to see a few more jockeys called in when it's the opposite way around, when they just go too slow and no one makes a movement here. That frustrates me especially in the staying races when they pull out the anchors. And I think sometimes it can get dangerous and jockeys don't, don't make a move. Um, yeah. I think me and Dino were just talking about that sort of thing um, in the break, weren't we Dino that some sort of jockeys are kind of doomed if you do and doomed if you don't. So it's no surprise that sometimes this comes into their heads that like if Tyler Schiller goes back slightly and then he's got no turn of foot either, everybody goes, Oh, you should have tried to take, why would you give Felix Majestic the runaway lead? But then yeah. he does this as well. So he's also getting shot for this as well. So it's a little bit doomed if you do and doomed if you don't, but yeah, you're probably right. More inquiries need to happen. So there's can be a bit more education about it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's one of those things, isn't it? That, yeah. If, if he gives Felix Majestic an easy lead and she just runs away, everyone's going to say, well, why would you, hand up like that. Yeah, it's like Tyler's had a wonderful year. We all know how, how great a jockey he is, but I think if he had his time again, he would he would go about it a little bit differently after what happened there with Cool Jakey on the weekend, Dino. 
Yeah, I do think it just shows as well, talking about Tyler Shilly coming out in the last and road shaking perfectly. So I think that bodes well for him. A jockey can put that to the side, come out and yep. obviously ride a, a really good race in the last race. So he, I'm sure in his mind he's, he's got that wrong, and um, but he's come out and put a, a good step forward in the last. What about horses to follow from that meeting? I'll kick us off. I think there's a really nice horse uh, to come out of one of the earlier races. Um, race number two, I think it is. Yes, it is. Uh, our Kobe son gave away race fitness. Um, first up, it was only off one soft trial. Tintuki won the race, but I think our Kobe son will improve dramatically off that and can go on to win second up. And another one, Time to Boogie. I thought that was a phenomenal effort considering the wide gate, the amount of work they did. They were incredibly fast to the 600-meter mark and to hold on for third. I think Time to Boogie with a softer yeah. setup next start, Michi. I think it is a horse to follow as well. Yeah, mine's a little bit more plain to see, so probably a bit more boring. But out of race four, Terra Mater, I think, just continues to impress Three wins in a row now. Like, it might be due a spell, but how, how it sort of looks, it just looks like a good horse. So, um, yeah, it's probably got some good races to come maybe later into the autumn, I'd say. Yeah. Um, geez, only Nash could have got Kinlock home there the other day. <laughs> uh, can you believe that? Like, yeah. Stromboli, I had time to boogie in Stromboli in our quaddy there on Saturday. And Kinlock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we, had, we had the rest. Um, it was heartbreaking. Anyway, it was a phenomenal effort. He yeah. just he, he can ride the front uh, horses on speed, back mark. He's just do anything. Yeah, he's yeah. probably the last jockey he wanted on that horse. No, getting to the outside. It's eight thirty six. Let's take the news. The SEN app now compatible with Apple Watch. Download today to listen anywhere, anytime. Making SEN News this hour, data shows wages have risen 4% for the year to September. However, the cost of living has eaten up those increases. The opposition applies heat on the PM over Anthony Albanese's travel plans for the second half of the year, with 10 overseas trips planned. Less than a quarter of GPs are now offering bulk billing across the nation. Victoria's central and northern regions and parts of southern New South Wales on alert for heavy rain today. And Hollywood stars hitting the red carpet for the Golden Globe. Awards in Beverly Hills, California. SEN.com.au Sport is next. Live across Australia on SEN Track, Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up. Thanks to Bet365, the world's favourite online betting brand. What's gambling really costing you for free and confidential support? Um, make sure you visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. We'll be live on the Gold Coast tomorrow morning. We'll be on the, the beachfront there at Surface Paradise for the barrier draw for the Magic Millions 2 and 3-year-old classics. We'll catch up with all of the major players as well ahead of that big day of racing there on Saturday. Chris Nelson to join us shortly to go through his horses to follow from the weekend as we and we'll also start to have a quick look at at Saturday's meeting there on the Gold Coast, see if we can find some early value in those all-in markets. So check out racingqueensland.com.au for where Queensland is racing today. Hey, Mitchy Lewis, anything from South Australia that we need to take a, a close look at going forward? Not out of the Gawler meeting. So it was just, I did have a look before we came on. It's just a little bit tricky. So they had a, um, they had a storm roll through just about the first, an hour before the races. Yeah. So 
it was a little bit hard to sort of line your form up and see what was happening. So the track was a good four down to a soft seven and there were horses getting scratched and horses doing skids around the bend. So we might just put Gawler away for this, this week and uh, move on for the next week, I'd say. Gareth? All right, then. So scrap Gawler. A few text messages coming through. Don't forget Luke Curry. Comeback has been on fire. And it's great to see Luke Curry back here, Mitchie, because he didn't have any luck whatsoever in Hong Kong. He was struggling to get rides. He, I don't think he barely rode a winner there this season. Got injured as well, did yeah, he? Yeah, he got didn't injured. He a fall at track work. And... Correct, yeah. But there's no doubting his class. We've seen it pretty early since he's come back. No, and it was like even when he popped over just for a hit-and-run mission on Mr. Brightside to win the yep. All-Star Mile. So, yeah, he's definitely got the class. I think you'll see him... Featuring some big group ones, no doubt. Um, the jockey I want riding for me this weekend would be J-Mac. I don't keep his stats or anything, but on Wednesdays and Friday nights, he's kind of not at his very best, to put it bluntly, or a bit more politely than what Cal thinks his text through. <laughs> he reads like he doesn't really care. I don't know about that, but he's probably a, a, a – he does ride better on Saturdays. I think you've mentioned that a few times there, Dino. You'd rather Macca on, on a Saturday than a Friday night or Wednesday. Is that fair? That's, well, that's yeah, I think I think I think the market just probably gravitating and touch too much on those sort of midweek meetings, and um, we've got to understand when you got big targets on the Saturday. Last thing jockeys want to do as well is to get suspended on a Wednesday in a midweek maiden or a benchmark sixty four. So I think we need to take that into account. But yeah. uh, on the big stage, there is no one better than J Mac. D Lane by far the best. Watch Rusty Dreams last two starts. Compare the jockeys' approach. Yeah, Damien Lane. I don't think I've ever seen D Lane ride better at the moment. Um, he's just got that beautiful ability to get horses to travel. He's got wonderful hands and he just doesn't really break rhythm with them, Dino. When it's just beautiful to watch in full flight, D Lane. If you have a horse that's three wide the trip, I think the only jockey you want on is Damien Lane. Just gets them to settle, travel. And I think that's the, the biggest gift as a jockey is horses to travel for you. Um, so I think we see that. Um, yeah, he's a phenomenal jockey as well. Another one that comes to the big stage or come in midweeks. Whenever he's on, you're confident. All right, then we'll take a break. Chris O'Nelson will join us next. We'll see what he has to say regarding some of those races there on the Gold Coast as well. Plus, we'll get your horses to follow from the weekend. Plus, a few more of your questions, 0499 736 736, to join our conversation on this Monday morning. This is Giddy Up. We're back for another year. This is the Monday Breakdown. What's gambling really costing you? For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Spywire in front, 100 metres left to run. Three lengths clear. Bo Dazzler runs to second, but it's all Spywire. And off to next Saturday he goes. Bo, Spywire won it by three in the end to Bo Dazzler second and third in Defiant Boom. Then so Spywire's been probably nearly the most talked about two-year-old for all types of different reasons this season. And he was impressive there on Saturday to book his place in the two-year-old classic on the Gold Coast, he's the $5 second favourite behind Stormboy 260. Highness defeated Spywire, of course, in the Wyong Magic Millions race. He's at six fifty, then Parkour at seven fifty for Godolphin. Arabian Summer at $9, and then King of Reser at 17 Wolfgang at 17 Dino, what would you make of Spywire there on the weekend? 
Yeah, I'm probably going to be on the other side of the, the fence. I think visually the win was good, but then you look at the, the data and the sectionals out of it, I think there's no real potency on the clock. Um, I'm a little bit concerned with this horse. Having as many runs as it had, obviously had that little blood count issue at the start of the preparation. Now it's in a quick backup into the Magic Millions. I think it's extremely under the odds in this event. I'm keen to hear what Chris Nelson and Mitchie, you think, but looking at the two two-year-old races on the weekend, Arabian Summer's rated just better, but I think that horse has more upside. Highness has more upside. I think Stormboy has more upside. So if I'm looking at the market this far out, Spywire is the one that I probably want to be against, Gareth. Yeah, J-Mac to ride Spywire there on Saturday, getting $9 for Arabian Summer there. She was impressive for the McAvoys. What do you make of that, Mitchie Lewis? Yeah, Arabian Summer's gone slightly quicker than Spywire. And I think having a look through the field, I thought she beat maybe a stronger field, in yeah. my opinion. So, yeah, I'm a little bit with Dino. It, it it was, they were good wins, but on the clock, they weren't anything sort of outstanding. So Arabian Summer, I thought at the slightly better value, I'd probably be taking at this stage. But yeah, I think what Storm Boy did just before Christmas, it, he just looks, he looks tough and tough to beat now. Yeah, Dino, your thoughts? Is, is he the horse to beat, Storm Boy? Yeah, out and out. I think he's the one with uh, the, the best preparation leading into it. I definitely think Highness is worth a, a two-bet play. I think that horse was brilliant uh, at Wyong. And talking about upside, I think that horse has uh, extreme amounts of upside. I love the way that Tommy talked about the horse. When you, you give it a reminder, it really finds. I think it's one still figuring yeah. it out. So I think Stormboy and Highness are the two I'd happily take over the rest at the moment. Um, I think they're the two clear standouts in what looks... Uh, an okay Magic Millions, but it has a long tail, I think, this year. Sometimes, I think I highly recommend you listen to Giddy Up every day, but especially on a Thursday for Stable Mail. We had a chat to Johnny O'Shea about a month ago now, and I asked him what his best was for the day on Saturday. And he said, Gareth, you've got to have a look at a horse by the name of Sydney Bowl racing at Newcastle on Saturday, mm. which was the provincial meeting that day. And he came from nowhere, and he just got there in that final event at Newcastle. And then he went to town and won in Sydney. And he said to me that day before his Newcastle victory that he's he's got the three-year-old guineas written all over him, this horse, Sydney Bowler. And I've followed him since. I, he was at a big price when he tipped that horse to us. Um, now he's on the, well, he's equal favourite at $6.50 with Sovrato and Cryosaur at six fifty. I think he's the horse to beat if he can make up ground there on Saturday, Dino. Yep. Um, I was against him last start when he went to town and he absolutely spanked him. I love his sectional strength. Yeah. They went really hard early and he's just flashed home. So I agree. I think he's a really good price. It's a little bit of a lackluster three-year-old addition. Yeah, so you can look for a horse that comes from the, the clouds like Sydney Bowl. I think the only knock, Gareth, is it's his first preparation. Can he handle that amount of um, step up in grade and, and sort of go to that race? But I think this year, if you're going to do any year, I think it's the year. So... Um, a very exciting horse, and, and well done to you to get that mail out of Johnny O'Shea. 0499 736 736. There's a host of questions coming through, so we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back and wrap up this first hour here on Giddy Up on this Monday morning. Live across Australia on SEN Track. Giddy up with Gareth Hall. Welcome back to Giddy Up, Gareth Hall with you this Monday morning. It's closing on nine o'clock with half the Gold Coast just getting their power back 
on since Christmas Day. You would think Storm Boy would be the omen bet, but the word is be very wary of the South Australian horse. That's from Razor. Happy New Year to you, Razor. Hopefully your horse is out in the bush of winning. Um, who's the South Australian horse that I'm looking for, Mitchie? In... Well, yeah, I'm not sure. Unless they're talking about Wolfgang who won at Morfittville, but he's not South Australian. Okay, it could be. I didn't I didn't think there was an SA horse up there. I know there's an SA horse that they put a spruik on last week for the Blue Diamond. Yeah, maybe they're um, talking about the, the McAvoys are still in South Australia, that Arabian summer. Perhaps, yeah. I, I, to be honest, I didn't think there was an SA horse up there. Wolfgang won at Morfittville. Arabian Summer is stable, formerly based in SA. And then, yeah, there is a two-year-old that you'll see over in Melbourne, I'd say, that lots of people over here are getting a little bit excited about, I think. No, I, I can't find a South Australian trainer there in the nominations for the two-year-old classic. So I think you might be speaking of Wolfgang there. That's from Razor. I think Wolfgang could upset. Yeah, Wolfgang, I thought, was pretty good winning at Dooman. Yep. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Gareth, there's a horse trialling on Tuesday that you need to keep a close eye on. Uh, yes, that's Manos. We'll be going around Tuesday, Dino. <laughs> I think he's in the Are final you trial there watch, at Canterbury. I should be going out there. We've got Henry, Henry oh Field God, on man. a little later on. So might ask him just the progress of Manos because we're all excited about the, the Golden Slipper mm. winner stepping out. Um, I don't think there's been more hype on a horse that hasn't even had a start. What price Do you reckon, is, yeah. is Jay Muck, will Jay Muck be in the saddle or he might be up in the Gold Coast? No, right? I think he's, I think Mark Zara's riding him. Um, I did text Jay Muck and say, what are you doing there? He goes, I'll be, I'll be riding him. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, I think he's got an appearance fee for the, you know, the, the beach, the beach oh. ride that they do. Yeah. <laughs> um, just having a look quickly. I don't think we've got too long before we have to say goodbye, boys. Um, Golden Slipper, Manos is, I don't know what price, $26. There you go. Unbelievable. Slowly chipping away. With Bet365. God bless him. Um, good on you, boys. Great to see you. Or great to hear your voices once again. And we'll catch up with you throughout the week. Look forward Sounds to it, boys. good. Thanks, right. boys. Have a good day. It is time.